If you love the peak, check out The Logic. The Logic is Canada's preeminent tech and business newsroom covering everything from crypto to clean tech. It's an indispensable part of any daily news routine, and it provides in-depth reporting that gives you the real story, not the PR hype. Join influential executives and investors reading The Logic in Canada and beyond. And act now, because today is the final day of The Logic's 75% off Cyber Week sale. Don't miss your last chance to take advantage of their biggest sale ever. That's 75% off a subscription with promo code PEAK, P-E-A-K, at thelogic.co. Hey! I'm Brett Chang, and this is your Solo Peak Daily for Friday, November 26, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Since it's Thanksgiving for Jay, and he's back home in Massachusetts, I gave him the day off. So this is just a solo episode today. And to start things off, I thought I'd just go through a rundown of the top HBO shows ever, according to Variety. And I'm going to start in ascending order from number eight, because that's where I thought it really started to get good. So number eight was Game of Thrones. Number seven was Curb Your Enthusiasm, my personal favorite. And number six was The Wire. Number five was Insecure. Number four was Deadwood. Number three, Six Feet Under. Number two, Veep. And number one was The Sopranos, a classic, classic show. I probably agree with the number one. I haven't seen a bunch of the other ones, and so it's hard to say where I'd place them. And I love Veep, and I love Curb. So overall, I think it's a it's a pretty good list, but I'd love to hear what you have to say. If you've got opinions on this, if you thought that hey, your favorite show wasn't number one, or you wanted to reorder that list, send us an email at hello at readthepeak.com, and we'll share any feedback we get live on the next episode. Now, besides a ranking of HBO shows, here's what we have for you today. For our first story, softwood versus hardwood. For our second story, trains on track. And for our third story, a million vacancies. For our first story, the U.S. is doubling duty on Canadian softwood lumber products. For Peak Pals unfamiliar with the softwood lumber dispute, this is a tale as old as time. Here's what you need to know. The U.S. is always mad at Canada about our softwood lumber industry. They just can't get over it. They think that it's unfairly subsidized by federal and provincial governments, which lets Canadian companies sell their lumber at more competitive rates than U.S. players. In response, the U.S. is always imposing a higher-than-standard duty on softwood to artificially make U.S. lumber a bit more competitive in their home market. And as you might have heard, the lumber market has been pretty volatile this year. If you might recall back to the summer, lumber prices were at a near-all-time high. And the B.C. floods, low supply, and high demand has pushed lumber prices further up this past week after a decline from the summer. Now, in the face of all this, the U.S. will increase duties for most lumber producers in Canada from 8.99% to 17.9%, meaning that they will have to pay higher tariffs on lumber shipments to the U.S. On the Canadian side, lumber producers are a bit smarter than the U.S. thought, and they knew what increased duties was coming, so they moved as much lumber as they could to the U.S. before that tariff came into effect. Now, you might be wondering, why should you care about all of this softwood lumber talk? Well, because it's one of the most enduring trade disputes in the world. And America's been on a bit of a anti-Canadian trade tear. First, it was Biden's Buy America provisions for their new electric vehicles tax credit. Now it's the softwood lumber tariffs. And these are all moves to make American products more attractive than their import competitors. And I, I promise you, Justin Trudeau and the gang aren't going to be too happy about this. For our second story, Canadian Pacific and Canadian National, the two railways, have restarted operations in B.C., but delays to shipments could last for months. Now, you don't want to pay attention. This is a pretty important story, especially as we get closer to the holiday season. See heavy floods for CP and CA railway to stop trains from transporting goods to the port of Vancouver, which, by the way, is Canada's largest port. This resulted in a buildup of shipments 
going to and from the port, which is only worsening Canada's already tight supply chain. But it looks like there might be light at the end of the tunnel. The first trains that have restarted began delivering shipments again on Wednesday. However, and don't look now, more storms may affect their progress. We sure do hope that's not the case. So you're probably wondering, why should you care about what's going on with the Port of Vancouver, the BC floods, these trains? Well, besides the fact that what's happening in BC is a real tragedy and we should all get together as Canadians to do what we can to help, there are two other reasons. One, flooding will have a bigger impact on what's already a busy holiday season for retailers as they look to increase inventory before the surge in shopping. And second, the combined impact of lost trade, delayed spending, and output will shrink the national GDP in November, according to a recent Bank of Montreal forecast. The Peak Daily is brought to you by our title sponsor, TELUS. TELUS is proud of their leadership to bring connectivity to as many Canadians as possible. TELUS also believes we must work urgently and collaboratively to ensure that 100% of Canadians and Indigenous peoples living in Canada, including rural Canadian and Indigenous communities, can get access to reliable, high-speed broadband networks and connectivity by 2025. Read about the rural communities TELUS has connected at telus.com slash connectingcanada. For our last story, Canada's labor market has over 1 million job vacancies. Jobs, jobs, jobs. I remember when unemployment was at near record lows. How so much can change in just a year? Now, here's the problem. The labor market returned to pre-pandemic levels for the first time in September, but there are still gaps in the job market. Most of the job vacancies are in food and hotel industries. And while the U.S. has been able to increase wages to lure workers back into the workforce, we haven't seen similarly large wage increases in Canada. Part of the reason for that is because Canada's aggressive policy to bring in more immigrants and foreign workers to fill those holes in the market instead of pushing for wage inflation. And as a result, this job vacancy rate has increased from 3% last December to 6% this September. So here's why you should care about job vacancies. Those vacancies are kind of due to a pretty neat economic experiment going on right now. Just Trudeau's government is betting that the formula of more immigration and more job creation will quell inflationary pressures and create the kind of even and long-lasting recovery that makes Canadians forget about how they lost a chunk of purchasing power in 2021. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to and only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review? And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. As always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this great solo episode. Thank you, Dale. Thank you, Jay. Happy Thanksgiving, wherever you are. I hope you're having a great day. And I hope all, all of you have a good day too. 